Welcome to Ian's Voice, uh, Slayer Fest 98. <laughs> I'm Ashley K. Smalls. I'm Barb Hardly, but since it's audio only, I'm Brett White. <laughs> and I'm Alex Santos. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And today we are here with our final Slayer Fest 98 episode of 2023, which is our MCU year recap. Which I went to look, and the four of us did the same one last year. Um, so this is like a little pattern with the four of us. Um, yeah, I guess in general. So, you know, Brett, I keep, I, I feel like I've seen you say this a lot, and I do think it's true. Like, we ragged on MCU, but really there just wasn't that much this year. Like, I don't, I didn't like, like looking at it. So we got Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, Loki Season 2, Quantumania, Secret Invasion, The Marvels. What if season two is airing right now? I have not watched any of it. Um, I am Groot got a season two, which I had no idea it even did. And uh, Werewolf by Night came out in color, which we're not going to count, but we will say I fucking love Werewolf by Night. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. But the black and white one is pretty cool. Um, so not that much stuff and not that much stuff was very good. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I don't think it's that it wasn't enough stuff. I think it was that it wasn't enough stuff that was good. That's <laughs> I will say, I always want to couch, because people fucking like, love dragging Marvel, which is what you want to do after like, what, 14, 15 years of success or whatever. But we have to remember, everything is crap. <laughs> like every single franchise released a movie this year transformers uh dc released two huge bombs this year mission impossible indiana jones literally every major franchise released movies they were all bombs mm. wait, and marvel was for like wait, the first time not wait, invulnerable wait, wait, wait. to that across the spider spider verse spider verse yeah, spider verse did good yes yeah um but then, but and I, yeah honorable see i was gonna do the honorable mention since Miles Morales is my entire personality. But yes, in terms of <laughs> yeah. Marvel content, Spider-Verse in general got the crown, which to be fair, wasn't much competition for that. But even if there yeah. was, it still would have gotten the crown. <laughs> Untouchable. But I just I just want to make sure like we it is this isn't a Marvel problem. This is a like Hollywood problem, which mm -hmm. I think we saw from having dual strikes uh, yeah. <laughs> this year that there is just something. And I think it even came out in one of those exposés that like Kevin Feige had like stepped away like it yeah. marvel got too big yeah. which i think we finally saw like oh this is what happens when he starts delegating yeah uh you get shit shows like secret evasion behind the scenes which honestly i would rather see that show about what happened behind the scenes of that show because <laughs> that would be a better show <laughs> what happened i didn't i don't know what happened what did oh, happen like they, they they like made half of it and then they were like this is bad and so they then like reshot Oh. all of it oh. and in order to keep all those like a-list names around they had to like because all of them have other movies that they're contracted to do and like the the shoot started ballooning over but that's why it's the most expensive marvel movie ever or tv show yeah. ever made is because they were like well we have to fucking keep samuel L. jackson on the god damn it like so they shot my thing like two different things um yeah it and then like I when I was just was that expensive, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, God. Was, yeah. And it, you, well, you can't tell. I mean, I think it's all just from like <laughs> them breaking, like having to extend contracts and shit. And, um, so yeah, there's something broken in Hollywood in general, mm. which I think is evidenced by the fact that Aquaman just bombed and had a worse opening than the Marvels, but you know, it is not going to get as much coverage. Yes. As people did love, loved, uh, dunking on the Marvel's box office. Mm -hmm. I, Alex, go ahead. <laughs> no, and there were also those things that Marvel said it was going to do. Like, there were, like, all these corrective things that they were going to do. 
I forget when that came out, but they were just like, we're going to actually have showrunners. It's just yeah. like, wait, you did this We're going to make pilots <laughs> instead of just greenlighting whole series. Mm. And it was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you think that having someone to run a show and create a show is a good thing? And you didn't think that you needed them until now? Until <laughs> She-Hulk. And I, I just want to point out, She-Hulk was the one that went well. And they were like, oh, that's because Jessica Gao had to come back and run editing. Um, due to like COVID stuff, like she wasn't supposed to come back, but then oh. she did. They were like, "Oh, this is why this uh, had a creative vision through line throughout." Oh mm-hmm. God! And I like, yeah, I. So it, it it was like a slump of a year, but I do like. I am glad the four of us. I know the four of us are in agreement about this. I the Marvels <laughs> like hate really like annoyed me mm-hmm. because like. And I'm not like, you know, the four of us are Marvel fans, but the four of us are like, I feel like the four of us are Marvel fans that are reasonable where it's like, yeah, that sucked. And we're not going to like pretend and defend something that sucks. But the Marvels was fun. It wasn't my like favorite Marvel movie. It wasn't the best, but it was fun. Like the the like hate campaign against it was truly like unhinged. I have seen and the thing I keep saying is I feel like. The Marvels was more for like, like gays, girls, and theys. Like I feel like yeah. straight men hate this movie, hate it. Even straight men I know that like normally love Marvel are like, no, no, no. Here's what they did wrong, and I'm like, think about why you're critiquing this movie more than you did Quantumania. Yeah, like, if, the ca- easy, if they put the cast to this, is just not <laughs> listen to straight let, men. They were never yeah, going yeah. to let any film led by. Their coveted, you, I don't even want to say OG Avengers because I feel like that that puts it in like OG six. But let's just say like they're never going to like ugh, I'm doing my best to tap dance around it. But basically, any of the films that are led by a white man um, affiliated with Marvel, they're never yeah. going to let any of those films take the brunt of Marvel is is going downhill. Even though like this, right. I wouldn't even say that should have started with Quantumania. That should have started with Love and Thunder last year. Like that shit yeah. was fucking yeah. unbearable. <laughs> Um, and that should have been the first time where we, and, but no one was going to let the movie led by Thor, one of the right. only six of all people be the, be the movie that started that conversation. So they let that frustration bend up, pile up for over a year until finally they could let, of course, Brie Larson be the target of it. And it's like, as we already established far from the best Marvel film, far from the best superhero film. That's fine. I mean, y'all been calling shit mid for over a year. And this was actually a film that just was like that definition of, not that great, but not that fucking terrible compared to what it, yeah. it wasn't even the, the worst Marvel film from this year, as I think we said when we yeah, covered no. it. Oh, by far. Oh, Quantumania yeah. is the worst is the worst Marvel movie made, period. Calling Quantumania a movie is generous. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I, mean, I will also say that like I loved Thor Love and Thunder, and I don't understand why people uh hate it so much. Um <laughs> And I think that even if you hate it, you still have to realize, like, it was still a Taika Waititi movie. Yeah. And, like, you know, yeah. we can argue that that's a bad choice. But I do still think that Love and Thunder showed the old Marvel uh, standby of, like, you give a director who has a vision, you give them, like, rope, and you let them run with it. Uh, and and I think that the, the worst Marvel movies, like a Multiverse of Madness or a Quantumania, are where <laughs> you could see all the behind-the-scenes strings, or you could just see, like, we're just moving chess pieces around a board to get them to the next 
phase. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that Thor Love and Thunder had no gave no fucks about where they left literally anyone at the end I, of that movie. <laughs> I it's, it's we I I feel like I love how much you hate that movie, Ashley, though. I really do. I, I don't, it's sorry. Dude, it's it's not good. It's it's Gonjo. It's an eighties action comedy. It is, it is that it is uh, those drunk <laughs> jokes and that's They're, it. They, yeah, which were hilarious. No. <laughs> Natalie Portman. Wait, we're not rehashing last year's movies, though. We're going to rehash. Quantumania was absolutely the worst this year. Yes, it was. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, and Quantumania, I will say, like, unfortunately, I thought, not unfortunately, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer was good in Quantumania. She was like, I felt like her scenes were like, enjoyable and unfortunately jonathan majors who is now we now know as a piece of shit he was good in it like i thought the two of right yeah that was that when the film came out that's all i literally i think when i went uh came out of the theater um that was literally all i could say was like jonathan majors was great and everyone was like what about the film i was like we'll talk about it later (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like that's all i got for you michelle and harsh the vibe yeah, but that was quite literally at the time, and at that all I had to say in terms of um, about the film that I could say positively. And this was when I was doing my best to not completely trash the MCU because I was trying to give it one more go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's really all I had to say about it. And it was unfortunate that that's what they chose to really like for people who have decided to not watch Disney shows and only watch the movies. That was their first introduction to Kang, unlike us who got to see him in Loki season one. Yeah. So it was also yeah. just like, you're supposed to be making this person the next big bad, and you just had him get beaten by ants. So <laughs> yeah, man, really, it was a Wait, really that weird was decision. actually the my favorite part of it. Was it, it that's, the, that's the crazy shit. It, it's my favorite too. <laughs> that's what's so bad. That's what's so crazy. I, I, I think the I think the shittiest thing about Quantumania is that how you take like. The very simple, easily enjoyable visual gimmick of Ant-Man of make things big, make things small, let's change it up and make it fun. And there was absolutely none of that in Quantumania. It was no, this yeah. ugly, drab, not Star Wars, Star Wars thing that was happening the entire time. It could have been anyone. It could have been a Moon Knight movie. Just drop Moon Knight in it and then all like nothing changes if Ant-Man is not in that movie. Like it's yeah. not his movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, really fucking weird way to end a trilogy of movies. Yeah. Uh, if you and watch like, all three of them, me. I just knew he was gonna. I, it would have made sense for Ant Man to die, it, it, like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're gonna establish this person as the next big bad, it's the end of his trilogy. You've already set up who's going to take the mantle from him because his daughter's in the film, and you. His daughter's of, such an asshole in that movie. Oh my god! Too. Oh yeah, yeah man, god. Yeah. Oh my god! I wanted. I was rooting for Kang at one point. I was like, please kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to watch Kate Bishop and uh, Kamala Khan w- try to get America Chavez and and uh, Cassie Lang into shape because the MCU versions of them. Oh, my yeah. God, they've messed up both of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like America at least wasn't annoying. She just was like America nothing. came around and actually ended up doing something. But Cassie was like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? It was yeah. also like, how many times are you going to call your dad a bad person? We get it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, so I so great. We'll we'll get started because Quantumania was the first thing this year, right? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh. And I so a thing that I I know people rag on like people ragged on She-Hulk. I didn't think She-Hulk. I like 
it was fine. The trailer, that first trailer, the effects looked terrible. I thought they like fixed them as they got there. She didn't look yeah. that great until she had her like suits that she bought. Um, but Quantum Mania for me is the biggest offender of like terrible. Like it, mm-hmm. the whole movie looks like. I was watching. Um, what was I watching? Uh, I forget what movie I was watching with. Um, my straight best friend who works in like TV and film and does like lighting and stuff. I forget what movie we were watching earlier this week where he was like, well, this is a parking lot movie. They were like craft services, five steps off screen because this is all yeah. in a parking lot. Um, and that's what quantum mania felt like to me. Like the, it felt so flat, nothing looked good. And like, even some movies where it's like, some of this looks bad, at least some of it looks good. And quantum mania, I felt like there was nothing that looked good. And it was like, this is the movie you're starting the year off with. You're introducing who's supposed to be your new big bad for this phase. And like, you rushed it that bad where everything looked like none of the effects. The scene where Michelle Pfeiffer and what's his face? Who's the the Kirk, Doug- Kirk Douglas? No. Yeah. Ant-Man. Michael Douglas. Hank Pym. Yes. Are standing, <laughs> are standing in like down. the field and it's like the ship is behind them and the aliens are approaching them. And it looked like it looked like an episode of Buffy. It looked so bad. It was like they were in a green screen. They did this real quick. And like, I don't know. I just that for me, it like was so bad. It took <clears> me out. And I am a person who like gives a lot. Like I like I said, Buffy is my favorite show and no effect in that has aged well. No costuming has <laughs> aged that well. And like this took me and like i don't mind black widow's bad wigs like they don't take me out of it but this fully like i was taken out of it the whole movie every time they were like in one of their like you know weird settings and it was like this looks so bad uh yeah it's crazy because marvel has done this so many like they've done movies that are like 90 percent, like infinity yeah. war and endgame are right scenes where they're just sitting in a coffee shop are 90 percent cg <laughs> and the fact that like we've gone this long and like all of it has been passable like for the most part they've been brave enough to set whole movies on other planets and shit and that's why this stands out so much is because like you guys have never really fucked up badly at all and then this is literally every shot is blurry yeah. Every like everything is nondescript. It is all very much feels like they copy pasted from like old Phantom Menace files. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> they're like, oh, we got access really to is, these hard drives. That copy is unfortunately paste. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it does have me wondering, like, could they could Ant-Man and Quantumania get the first like special edition that is just we fucked up before. So here's the exact same movie. We've changed nothing. We've just like hit the sharpen on on all of the backgrounds so that they're at least bearable. <laughs> and it like, was such a choice to make it like just a bad Star Wars movie. Yeah. Right? Like it was just like that is what like that is what the quantum world is. Is like there's no imagination. You just made it look like a bad Star Wars movie. And even I'm sorry, it's just like okay, this guy's whole thing is his whole jokes. Okay, cool. <laughs> like it's funny. Like, like I get it. Like the first two part, the first two times, and I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that's the joke that we're gonna keep going back to. This man and his holes. This is the and, best thing you can say about this movie. <laughs> and you know what? I actually like, like in retrospect, the scene that I remember the most that I actually kind of liked is the end when he's walking down the street and is like, "Did I fuck up?" And like everything slows and he kind of looks around and he's like, wait, did I, did I fuck everything up? 
And like, I liked that for like a hero story where he's like, wait, I won, but did I do it right? Did I like, for me, that was like the most interesting thing. And it's what, like the two minutes at the end of the movie, because I just like the idea of this hero who like, quote unquote, saved the day being like, maybe I did not save the day. Like that's an interesting take on it, but like nothing. Yeah. Quantum mania bad. I don't think anyone would really disagree with us on that one. Um, and then was it Secret Invasion next or Guardians of the Galaxy? I think it was Guardians. Secret Invasion. Because Secret Invasion was like March and then Guardians was May. Oh, are you? Sh- hmm. Wait, I are you think. Sure? Or was Secret Invasion pushed to June? I mean, probably. Jesus. Everything was pushed. <laughs> <I'm looking laughs> oh, yeah. I think, yeah th- I think Secret Invasion was June. It was late June. Okay. So, yeah. Guardians is next. Secret Invasion was originally supposed to be like last fall. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I, it was, this is corny, whatever, make fun of me, but Barbie, Barbie and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 were my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, hands um, down, absolutely, 100% agree. I think Guardians 3 is probably my favorite Marvel movie at this point. Like, yeah. it is top three for me. So, yeah. I, highs and lows this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I like truly love this movie. I thought it hit the emotional beats so well. Um, I cried like five different, I cried at that opening playing, um, Radiohead's is it creep? No, it's not creep, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was an acoustic version. It's of acoustic creep. version of creep. Like I cried at that opening. I was like, this is beautiful. Um, and like, I feel like the movie consistently, everything looked pretty good. Um, I felt like everyone was on their a game, like acting wise, mm-hmm. the team, this is a thing that, um, this is the thing that has always like the team sometimes feel like they're still coming together in the MCU. Like, we got the Avengers, but we got them for, like, two seconds as a main team, and then they split up, and then, you know, we had Civil War, then they came back together, and then they died, and then we haven't seen them since. Um, Some of them died. But, like, this felt like a fully earned team movie where we don't need to, like, remind, oh, these people love each other. Oh, look, look how, like, look what friends they are. Um, I thought it had really great set pieces. The music was fucking fantastic. That scene set to um, Space Hogs in the meantime is maybe one of my favorite scenes this year Um, because it was like a beautiful music video. Um, But yeah, no, I I love this movie. I kept being worried every time someone got hurt. I was like, oh, they're going to die because we knew it was the last Guardians movie. And I actually appreciated that no one did. I kind of like the ending of like no one died. All the main of Rod's friends died. Of the main characters, <laughs> of like the characters that you knew. Yeah, what are you, Peter God? Get out of here. <laughs> we, had to, we had to watch so much animal abuse, and it was still such a good movie. <laughs> also, I think Peter gave James Gunn an award. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I saw him like tweet a thanks to Peter, but it's because he brought he um brought light uh, to animal abuse and animal uh, testing. Okay. I just I was like, that. yes, he true, but he did that by showing a lot of animal torture. <laughs> so much. I also Judy Greer is war pig, too. Judy Greer is so, war pig. So bananas. It's so weird they brought in Judy Greer for war pig. And war pig has, what, five lines? <laughs> All of them were good because they're Judy um, Greer. I, I also think the movie, like, I don't know. I... I just... I just loved it. I, I liked all the... It felt like a quest but earned like they went to this planet to find out where to go for this thing to for this thing and like all of it was 
fun? I don't know. Um, and like, not to be lame, but the reason Barbie and Guardians are the two movies I've watched, uh, like rewatched the most that came out this year. Um, and like, you know, I had a bad year, but both of them made me cry in like a feel like a cathartic way. So it was like, I want to revisit those cries instead of my sad cries. Um, and like, yeah. this was a movie that fully did it for me. But I will say that now when I rewatch it, I usually skip over the animal parts because they're just so sad. Not because they're bad. Not because just it's like so sad that I'm like, I don't need to see this animal die again. Let me let me skip over that part. Um, but yes, that is my my Guardians of the Galaxy 3 uh, rant because I loved it so much. Um, and I'm going to miss having James Gunn do Marvel movies because the Guardians movies, I also feel like Guardians of Movies did the thing that people complain, like people complain, oh, too much is connected. But like one, they're comic book movies, so of course they have to be connected. But two, I did think Guardians did a good job of being connected with still being fully separate, like feeling like you don't need to know. Yeah. Aside from like Infinity War and Endgame, which is like the culmination of everything, you didn't really need to know. Like, it's not like you had to watch every single movie to know what was going on, right? But you should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... Actually, I'm curious. I forget. Did you like Guardians? It's okay I love Guardians. Know. It was the best um, MCU film. I mean, the best MCU project of the year. Um, yeah. It's probably my favorite superhero film next to Across the Spider-Verse from this year. Um, again, I know the competition there isn't exactly fierce, but... Right. <laughs> yeah, what does the flash fall? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but even, like, I do, but I think even when we put in conversation with past superhero films that we do love, it definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I, I, when it, I definitely, whenever we have, like, those, what's the best superhero films of all time? And, like, I, you know, obviously that's subjective, but there are certain films that, like, would it make us do a sharp like head turn? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would that be your favorite superhero <laughs> film? So when someone says Guardians Three, I'm like, that makes perfect. That makes yeah. complete sense. It was completely. It was beautiful. It kind of felt like James Gunn's. I hate to be all sappy, but it did feel like his love letter in a way to both MCU yeah. and his you know goodbye as well as to these characters. I loved that. It felt like so much was at stake, even though we technically didn't lose any of the main cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that, you know, like all the characters kind of get these options of, do you want this to be your final goodbye since James is done and the Guardians, you know, trilogy is done, but it's open enough. Like, like Zoe Saldana has said she's done with the MCU and her ending here is perfect, yeah. but because mm -hmm. she's not dead, if in five years she decided, you know what, I changed my mind, she does kind of have that door. I hope she doesn't take it because I do think her ending is, you know, I, we, we do have to be able to say goodbye sometimes but like he gave everyone these beautiful endings like, like even peter quill even though i don't i think yeah chris pratt's probably the person's gonna stay with the mcu to the yeah it goes down but like <laughs> if he chose to end it with the his last remaining family member like that's the culmination of his story this kid that got kidnapped yes. and finds out he has this family and that he has this sister who's now on her own path and things like that um but yeah, so I'm like, James Gunn really put his whole foot, glasses, and strand pieces of hair that be sticking out on top of his head into the movie. <laughs> like, I love him. Like, I do. Like, he he did, you know, I do feel like, to be fair to Taika, I know I keep bringing up Love and Thunder. I do feel like <laughs> MCU pressured him maybe a little bit in that they liked 
um, Ragnarok so much. Yeah, yeah. And I think they lean too into, oh, it must have worked because it's more comedic than the first two. Let's do that again. In fact, let's do that <laughs> twice as much. And it's like, fuck, um, let's not. But um, I, I do feel like, I guess maybe because this was James' last hurrah, maybe they were more hands off with this with him. Yeah, I guess. Or maybe it's that he just has maybe a little bit more power in that his, you know, cast like stuck by him more or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, thank God they kept their hands off and let him very clearly, he went through every line, both in terms of script. Um, He worked so well with these actors. That's why they trusted him. That's why they stuck by him with that whole, you know, not to act like it wasn't a big deal at the time or nothing like that, but they were very much like, y'all fire him, we ain't coming back. Like, I'm like, that's, yeah. that's real shit. Like, that's, y'all yeah. are real for yeah. that, for real. But, um, but yeah, no, he, he, I mean, he, it, it really did feel like, I mean, it was, it was, I hate calling the movie perfect because I'm sure we could overanalyze it and find some things wrong with it. But I mean, he did a yeah. phenomenal job in, in ending this trilogy on such a great note. I have to give it to him on that. So yeah, it was, it was next to across the spider verse. It was my favorite superhero film of the year. And I think if, if they choose not to move on with it in terms of the actors and, you know, cause they have given 10 years of themselves, just like the OG six Avengers. Um, I think all their stories have ended really well. Thanks to James. So I have to have to give that to him. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree with that, Ashley, I think. And that's, that's what I meant when I said like, they didn't need to kill any of the core team members to make it feel like a good final ending. And I feel like usually in an end, people feel like they need to kill at least some of the characters. Um, and yeah, I thought this, it, it, it just felt like a very complete trilogy. I liked, I also liked that like Nebula, I didn't like her at first, but I slowly started to like her. And in this movie, I like really fucking loved her. Like I love the place she ends in. And I kind of actually hope we see her again, but like, see see her, right. But like, see her as like the person who's running, uh, what is it? Nowhere. Um, Yeah. I feel like like, considering what's next, I could see, you know, I mean, like, I think the two people who have said they're kind of done is, um, Drax, the, uh, how, yeah. how dare I forget the actor's name of Drax when I used to watch wrestling growing up. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Batista, Dave <laughs> Batista. Yes, Batista. Um, Batista and Zoe Saldana both who kind of alluded, like, this is it. Um, yeah. and I feel like their story, like Drax, full story, coming back to being a dad, Zoe's character. I mean, the way James made that work in terms of, you know, she got, you know, the version that we got to know is yeah. dead, but this version of where I love that he didn't try to do some sappy shit of like, she suddenly gets some random ass memories of another life and is back, yeah. being, you know, like he leaned into what would, because Gamora is a good person at heart. She got brainwashed in a sense because she was kidnapped basically. Um, right. And so it's like he leaned into that a bit and like, she's still rough around the edges because she's been traumatized by her dad. But we know at her core, she's still a good person. Hence why even when she's trying to be this semi-villain, because that's what she's basically been trained to be, she still leans into her her core, which is to save people, even if it's a fuck, you know, even if it's a raccoon. <laughs> and, um, you know, her main reason for still sticking it through these people who are basically strangers is that there, there's one person who is not a stranger, and that's a sister. And that even so we still get that dynamic of the fact that, like, through all of that, there's the sister relationship that is the reason why the Gamora we knew died in the first place trying to protect her sister. So it's like the way James still was able to play with this essentially different character, but still keep the essence. Like I, it was, it was so well done and I'm so, I, I hate to like 
feel like I'm kissing ass a little too much here, but I I don't I feel like considering what we've seen some other directors do, I I don't think anyone else would have done um as good of a job there. Um and, kind of was sticking around. And you know what? Like I I actually I really liked when Marvel like what was it? Was it after Annihilation that they kind of formed this incarnation? In incarnation, yeah, of, it was during yeah. Annihilation. Uh, I, Annihilation Conquest. That was like one of my favorite at the time, like big Marvel crossovers, and I loved, loved, loved that incarnation of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I, yeah, I God. had like casually read the the future team when I was like little, but I didn't really like them. Um, but this, like, I loved, and I loved it immediately. I would have never guessed that Rocket Raccoon and those comics could end up becoming like the heart of movies based on that series, right? And they did a really good job of that. Because the only thing that bums me out is like I want because now I'm I've become a huge Marvel cosmic nerd, and I'm like, damn it, I want an Infinity Watch movie. Like I want Adam Warlock to like get his shit together and have Drax and Gamora and Pip, and <laughs> I need Sasha Valor to play Moon Dragon. God damn it! <laughs> like, like you know. Uh, so it kind of is, is bum. I'm bummed about like, you know, Drax and Gamora being gone and they still haven't ever met moon dragon who I love moon dragon. Mm-hmm. God, I yeah. love moon dragon. I'm sorry. I don't know if um, you're getting her. <laughs> no, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I mean, he, I just he, love he, how unapologetic. So, Someone Ugh. tweeted the other day. They were just like, Marvel needs to lean into like, it's weird characters of just being yeah. like, it's just like give us moon dra- give us Ashley Park as moon dragon and some weird <laughs> fucking shit happening. <laughs> I was like, like that is what I, you know, and that's I mean, I mean Liz last year, but that's what I wanted more of from Namor is I wanted more of him being just a fucking bitch and he was more noble and I, you know, whatever. We make choices. Emma Frost is still coming hopefully. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. I think what makes Guardians so good, and I think if you look back to the first two Guardians, is that it's always like James Gunn has always tried to tell the story of like these people who come from like these very like abusive families or this family of loss, which yeah. I think is mm-hmm. Drax and Groot, and they try to make like their own little family. And I think that's been like woven through. And then the second one, you get Ego and you get Mantis, and it's like the same kind of like he plays a lot with like the ways of like the ways like abuse affects its characters. And I think even in this third one, you get this kind of like bigger portrait of these are all these people just trying to cope with what they've been dealt with. And I think that's what made it so effective is in the first two movies, you have this through line, this thematic through line. And it just like, it just pays off so well in guardians in a way that other movies like quantum mania, that flaming piece of, tire fire dog shit just absolutely did not care about well and even alex to your point and you've said this before like you i feel like you all of y'all were the ones that made me kind of realize it's like i love the avengers right i love that team i love robert down jr as tony stark and chris evans as captain america but like they weren't that close right like they were they were co-workers yeah they were co-workers who like sometimes liked each other but also sometimes fucking hated each other and Gardens of the Galaxy fully like did Chosen Family so well um, that like yeah, that's like, what I was missing, uh, right. There, there was a um an Instagram like poll. Now that people can create their own like things or whatever, and one of them was X Men related. And was like you know your favorite X Men, favorite X Men couple, your favorite X Men artist, favorite. Love, fa- when it came to fave X Men movie, I was just like, 
Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> when it comes to like vibes and what I really have always wanted from an X-Men movie, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are the only movies that have ever come close to replicating that, um, you know, from trauma, we have forged a, a family of misfits who will like ride or die, do anything. And when backed up against a wall, we will fuck shit up mm-hmm. god yeah. <laughs> damn no sleep till brooklyn montage is the best thing that, that marvel universe yeah. has ever fucking done <laughs> and that is just a whole bunch of assholes just like the always sunny cast just with a bunch of knives just stabbing monsters can Love we it. talk about that though like that's what and i'm Ugh. like like just that fight scene in the dynamic of like we didn't it's crazy because even though age of ultron is kind of ranked as like the worst of the avengers movies i'm not saying it is i'm just saying oftentimes the way people talk yeah. about it but like yeah, yeah. that was the closest we ever got to like those fight scenes of everyone's specialty being worked together and like yeah, yeah. watching that no sleep till Brooklyn fight where they go from each member of the guardians. Like we start off um, with Mantis literally flipping around people and stuff like yeah. that. You almost forget that this woman is basically an acrobat. And then, you know, we zone zoom into to, to group literally putting branches through people <laughs> And then here comes Rocket to climb on top of group, shooting people one by one. And then the camera pans into Peter Quill <laughs> throwing <laughs> electrocute, uh, the you know, fucking electrifying people and shooting them. Here comes Nebula getting half her body broken and then repairing and still taking yeah. out people. And then ending off, you know, between Drax slamming people and then uh. Gamora's. I love the way that they play into her old fight style compared to the way she, yeah. you know, the old fight combination of. Big ass sword. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like it was so. Oh, and don't forget, phenomenal. don't forget the the little the little yeah, critter, the little, the little, the little critter, critter running up, just, a- <laughs> having a blast, just going from one person <laughs> to the next. It was just, oh. and it was just a reminder. And that that scene in its in itself is just like, and even the end, even the end scene when they finally get high evolutionary, and like it didn't even feel like Ooh, team up. Yes. It felt like family. Everybody getting their hit in because how fucking dare you touch. My, yeah. my 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 family. Who, the fuck, yeah. who did and like and of course the person who goes in for the kill is going to be Gamora. It's like yeah. they go into it to bring it together, and it's like we don't really. I just it, it really kind of put in perspective how so many of the Avengers fights are them off se- fighting separately and not really together, except for literally that that scene in Age of Ultron when all the robots are coming in and they're just all together. Yeah. And you got like that was like the one time we finally fucking got it. Um, and so, yeah, it's like that dynamic is really what was was missing so much from, I think, the Avengers films. Um, and, and before we could ever get it, it was like, oh, we got to split them up and, and we, yeah. you know, everybody hates yes. each other. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was so it, it was phenomenal. I, I'm again, I still got to kiss my my my, um, you know, Miguel O'Hara's ass and say that Across the Spider-Verse was the best superhero film of the year. But next to that. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy really held it down. I mean, if MCU had released nothing else but that, we would not be having probably a lot of the conversations that were right. having around yeah. MCU this year. <laughs> and yeah. honestly felt like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 had the same sense of finality to me as Endgame. Yeah. Like, you could almost say, like, that's the last Marvel yeah. thing that we are doing. And yeah. I would be like, yeah, that feels <laughs> like another tap-out point. To be honest with you, and this is... I almost wish we could say that. And it's, unf- and this is where I, I harp onto my soapbox about Disney plus because we're right at, like we didn't get to really seep into how great of guardians was 
before they were like, oh, are you excited about Marvel again? We got Secret Invasion coming out next week. And it was like, okay. And then it was <laughs> sucked. And like now we're already past the conversation that you had one of the best films of the year because we're looking at this bullshit every fucking week. <laughs> so Secret Invasion. Uh, <laughs> I thought Secret Invasion had potential. Like I was like, uh, spies and shape-shifting aliens right? and they make a show where the spies never tell any lies and the aliens never fucking shapeshift. Like <laughs> what are we doing? God, awful. We I mean, Olivia Coleman, the only good thing about that entire show. Yeah, and like even like and I yeah, I I love I did love her in it, but her her scenes felt like, "Ooh, we have 4 days on set with Olivia Coleman." And <laughs> that's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> um and i it's a shame too because even the first episode where i was like "Mm, i don't like this but i can see the potential like the first episode was whatever but i thought at least having like martin sheen's character who like who really cares about him um Uh, martin freeman you mean one of my favorite uh, actors and characters jesus christ what (laughs) are we getting raymond sheen jesus christ um i would love to see martin sheen in the mcu (laughs) (laughs) only murders in the mcu (laughs) (laughs) but having like at least one character that we knew who's like ooh, they're a scroll who else is gonna be a scroll but then it was no one (laughs) like yeah that was so cheap Except Rhodey, and they even like fucked that up by saying like the director being like, "No, he's been a scroll since yeah. Civil War," and it's just like, "No, man, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Don't do that. Yeah. You have a whole five years, yeah, where we don't know what happened. He could be a scroll there, like <laughs> because honestly, like, please, and actually, you might have even said this. Like, someone was like, "Do not take away." From Don Cheadle, the moment in Endgame where he just like mimes uh, strangling baby Hitler. (laughs) That one moment is like, no, that was fucking Rhodey. Do not say that that was a fucking scroll. That was (laughs) Rhodey. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it was. Yeah, no, well, there's, there's that, no. That was definitely some. We're making shit up as we go along, and I'm like, all right, so yeah. how about we just act like secret invasion didn't happen? I'm okay with that. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with it. Let's just stop now, because <laughs> this is the shit when they get to this place where they just want to gag us. They just want some moment that's like, oh, can you believe? And it's like, no, because I've been ver- I've already invested over a decade with you, so you don't everything you don't get to now randomly decide we're changing this xyz you can start intertwining stuff like the way that they did hawkeye when it starts off with like right. the new york battle you can do shit like that where we didn't know this little girl is you know staring at yeah. Hawkeye like i'm gonna get me a bow and arrow shit like that works you don't start yeah. doing stuff like this all right you've already got yeah. too much of my time invested absolutely the fuck not so we need to figure something else <laughs> especially with the one black character who you decided to stick with um, and we can't even yeah. fully count all of it because, you know, you recasted him and, and, <laughs> and shit. You just decided all black people look alike. So we're just going to not touch that. <laughs> oh, God. Like, yeah. So you don't you don't get to know. OK, you just want they You can tell they just wanted a fucking moment to just be, you know, to have. I hate when they start chasing social media moments. They just wanted us yeah. on Twitter losing our shit clearly chasing that WandaVision high where every fucking week we were just like, what's going to happen next? And it's like now. Yeah. It's not the same. Well, you, you know, it's like She-Hulk. I do not think that they thought that Madison was going to become the meme moment that she was. Yeah. I yeah. honestly like, but it's like that's it became that because it wasn't forced. It was a great actor doing a bizarre role immaculately <laughs> and them having the fun of pairing her with Wong. And it's like, cool. That is how you make a fun social media moment is you just genuinely try to do a good thing. 
Like, just trying to make something fun. Whereas Secret Evasion, I think every single episode ended with someone dying, and then the next episode, it was like, surprise, they're not dead. I think that was like every episode. (laughs) Yeah. And like... Oh, the ending. Can we talk about that dumb ending? Oh my god. The Super Scroll that they wouldn't call Super Scroll? With weird giant head-growing powers? And then the Super Scroll, and then she got all the powers, and then it was just like, okay, well... The Targaryen got fucking... All the powers. She's overpowered <laughs> as fuck. And you, your only big bad that we currently know of is fucking King, who is technically a human. And you got you got fucking Daenerys out here with every <laughs> Avenger power. And so I'm like, this is this is what's gonna piss me off because the only thing that they can really do is find a way to basically kill her off like literally in the in the beginning of secret wars because otherwise we, we ain't seeing her again we're never yeah. seeing her yeah. again. <laughs> i'd be surprised if we saw if we saw anyone from secret invasion again uh what drove me crazy and this is from like just being a press person like when i did the secret invasion junket and i had to interview um adair ben, Kin- ben kingsley is that his name no ben kingsley ben, is a ben, person yeah no that's a separate uh, um it's, it's <laughs> that's a human being is <laughs> <laughs> ben kingsley, kingsley ben idea yeah so when i had to interview him um and you know i'm not gonna fault any actor and a junket because junkets are i horrible you have to answer the same questions over and over again all day but he was very low energy but i was like trying to keep it going keep it going keep it going and i asked him like well you know like as a like you're you're playing a scroll um who loves being a scroll and you're like trying to get back to like you know we're all scrolls we shouldn't have to hide but like you are playing a character who has been in human form for so long that like you know you're mostly a human all the time like did that factor into your performance like is it is there any self-hatred? Like, how do you reconcile being a zealot for like a cause that you yourself can't even embody? And he was just like, I didn't even think about it that much. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Be fair I mean, I know that I, I know I'm an overthinking Marvel person, okay. but I'm also like, you're an actor that has to be with this character for like eight episodes, six episodes. Like, I don't know. I, okay. Just to be fair <laughs> to him though, when those, who knows what script he got are mostly CGI and not really because you know Chris Evans has had these type of interviews too where don't get me wrong he very much hypes up the fact that he's cap but it's also just like it's not like the same experience of of filming you know certain things like on location and actually with stuff when you know you're not really yeah like they're there if that makes sense and so I guess no yeah so I guess like as an actor I can see that 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 having like an effect when you know in terms of actually getting in tune with the character because it almost feels like you're playing with robots a bit. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and even like, who knows what story parts they've even told exactly. you. Exactly. Oh, so it's just like, I can't even put that completely on him because I was actually thinking when I was watching it, like, he is a phenomenal, like, Italian, if you ever, like, if you've ever seen um, Regina King's film um one night in Miami. Oh, the, oh yeah, that movie is great. He was yeah, so good. he was great in it. Um, And so... I think, the like, next to everything else, one of my main critiques is that they got such amazing talent for this show to really do... Nothing? Yeah. I was trying to see if it was a more <laughs> no. um, intelligent word. But, yeah, that's basically it, is that, like, yeah, you got this Emmy-winning actress, this, this Oscar-nominated actor, and, and you just... This is what you did with it. You did a storyline that, quite frankly, if tomorrow you said, we're just going to act like it didn't happen, I think half the fandom would be okay with that. And it's like, that's so sad it's like you ran out to get such talented right. people and at this point i'd be okay with you getting no names than than 
using them to do this, but whatever. Also, Nick Fury was married to a scroll for yeah. like what, 20 years. Yeah, but he was in space for the past decade. So um I I was positive she was gonna just be in the Marvels, not in like a ooh, remember Secret, but just in like a yeah, his wife lives in space with him because didn't she leave her space with him at the end of the show? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I think after after fucking after Daenerys went into the air, I think I turned that shit off, and I was just like, okay, so. Oh, you didn't you didn't love her baby arm, <laughs> Drax right. baby arm. Hello, can, can, can we fucking talk about that shit? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? All right. Also, you want to show strength, so you show Jack Drax's arm, bitch. <laughs> right. Like, come on. And like that also feels like. That also feels weird because it's like, no, he's just an alien. He's not like, I don't know. That's like, I, I just assume that's like his alien race. And that feels like weirder. Yeah, I mean, like, scrolls right? are probably as, she might be as strong as Drax just by that's default. What, I mean, based off of the scroller <laughs> ranking in terms of MPU and not the comics, like from what I could see, like, yeah, like we know scrolls are super strong. That's why what you call it, the one that Nick was always with would always be the one to have to like bust open doors and shit like that. So I was very confused. Yeah. Then I don't know where you got Captain Marvel's powers. Why didn't you just start with that? Because let's I mean, is she not the most powerful person in the Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that would be my starting point because then you just win. <laughs> but so I do I like I do think that they will never tie anything into Secret Invasion ever. Um, like I don't oh, even. Maria Hill was killed. Like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. God. I don't under. Okay, Alex and Brett, you both did. Either of you interview her for like no. the no. press junket? No. Because I felt like in every fucking thing, and I I guess they were just trying to do a fun bait and switch, but it wasn't fun. It was stupid when it was like every interview she would be like, yeah, this is Maria Hill's story. Like she's finally getting the center stage. And then they like kill her in the lamest way. And like the first episode after 10 years of her, like almost getting to do cool shit or the only cool shit she's done was in, in agents of shield. If you watch yeah. those episodes and if they're also, even canon like, anymore. To be fair, like in the comics, I was never a big Maria Hill fan because she's kind oh, of a scold to the X-Men. And I was kind of like, she didn't even get to yeah, do that's that. Bad. But I also she, just love how she, mean she was. <laughs> she gets to be a huge bitch to the X-Men. Yeah. This is yeah. Like the, her only existence is being a huge bitch to the X-Men. And she can't even do that. She needs to be <laughs> after that. See, I liked her in the comics because like she was if I recall the storylines correctly, which has been a long time now, 20 years, God rolled. Uh, wasn't she like set up to be the shield director because they all thought she was incompetent and they, it would be easy to like manipulate her. And then when she found that out, she was like, well, fuck all of y'all. And mm. like, so I know I liked that middle finger energy that she had in a lot of the like mid aughts comics. Yeah. Which like Kobe Smulders always almost got there. <laughs> can I, her can best I tell moment you? is in is in Winter Soldier when she's like, "Hey guys, you got two bogeys come whatever," and she just like rolls back in her chair, murders two people immediately, <laughs> and then just immediately goes back to her typewriter. <laughs> I love you gonna say Alex. Oh, I, the thing with me is, you know how people say they have face blindness and blah 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 blah. Mm. The only two people I always get confused by are Lake Bell and Colby Smulders, and both of them <laughs> got asked. In both MCU, in both like in Wakanda Forever, yeah. and and in Secret Invasion, now I never have to worry about it again because I would always get them mixed up. And I'm 
Wait, who would you get mixed up? Colby Smolders and who? Mike Bell. Oh, from she, she was on she, the rig in Wakanda forever, yeah. and then she yeah. was almost like a bunch of Marvel people, but never. Wasn't she almost Peggy Carter or something like? <laughs> well, and she's, she's a voice a Black Widow she, in What If? Oh, right. She's almost Colby Smulders. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I was surprised that in Wakanda Forever, I was like, oh cool, what character is she gonna be? And then oh, just a random person who dies on this boat. <laughs> I was like, wow, they killed Maria Hell. Oops, it wasn't Maria Hell. <laughs> <laughs> This could have been the year of Jessica Drew. We could have gotten <laughs> yes. an amazing kick-ass Jessica Drew in Spider-Verse. And then we could have gotten... I was convinced that Amelia Clark was playing fucking Spider-Woman because this is Spider-Woman's story. This is It's almost like yeah. how they made Days of Future Past about Wolverine. It's like Secret Evasion is spider-woman oh, right, story right like can we get please i love well, jessica drew and the, the the bummer is while i don't love the comic the like once we got the secret invasion comic i don't love the comic that much but i loved everything leading up to it and they did such a good job hyping everything like when spider-woman like is it it's electra first right electra gets killed yeah electra's the first yeah. one they find and like i think that would have been so cool to like plant those seeds of like they kill someone like they they defeat the villain and then they die. And that's like, wait, that was a scroll. What? And like, that doesn't even Marvel, have to be like if you're listening. <laughs> this is a perfect way to get rid of Kang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just like it's so like I know that the MCU often. I mean, like you, you just said, Brett, like Days of Future Past was made about Wolverine. Sure, I understand they make big changes, but this was like a nothing, a version of that comic. And it's just so weird that such a huge, sweeping, epic crossover, whatever, was diluted to like eh, the, the white guy from Wakanda Forever that you probably don't remember and uh, will shoehorn Rhodey in at the end. I mean, like, the problem with that, though, is that you're working when you have Secret Invasion in the comics is you have like 50 years, basically, yeah, of stuff. Right. And then like here, it's just if you spring it when they sprung it, it was just like there's like, what, eight characters? <laughs> the subterfuge and like all like the dubious stuff that's happening and all the dastardly deeds is like it doesn't go back that far right and it's like you don't there's no real like the whole thing with secret invasion is like there's a lot of finger pointing and being like who did what was it always good have they always been good right this you don't have that same element and so i guess you could we don't even need to call it secret invasion you can yes. just call it like scroll spies call it <laughs> literally anything else um do we think we'll actually see nick fury's wife again i like the actress a lot me too but it just felt like i don't know that we'll see her again um i will say also like they were both good actors and the scene where they're like talking at the table and you know they're gonna try to kill each other was like oh these are two actors like doing good work but like it felt like we just breezed by that after it happened. And it was like, yeah, we tried to kill each other. Eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. So then uh, next would have been. God, would it have been? I think Loki. Loki? Yeah. Yes. Loki season two, which I liked. I did like it. I hands up. I liked it. It felt it did the Marvel thing of like, uh, uh, like, you know, five part movie instead of one show. But my biggest gripe with season one was I could not stand Sylvie. 
I felt and like I Syl- love Sylvie. <laughs> God damn it. Well, but Brett, you still like yeah. season two, though, right? Yeah, I mean, my one co- my my one complaint was like I love Sylvie so much in season one, and then she didn't really get to do much in season two, and she had a really cool haircut in season two. We need to see more of that. Mullet. I, you know, I was gonna say that <laughs> that she got a good makeover in season two. I thought her hair looked like great. Um, I li- I liked it just because it was a little bit more contained. We got to know more about the TVA. I still am like, what does that town or city or whatever the fuck it is look like? Like, I want to see him walking around in the street where the TVA is situated because we see all these flying cars. We see all these other buildings. Um, but I liked it. I I thought the end was fucking cool. I barely understood what's happening. The music, the score, it all worked for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it, but I also feel like it feels like with everything this year, except for Guardians of the Galaxy and Quantumania, they did, like, no promoting. I feel like those two movies got... Well, like, yeah, the, the strikes hit for Loki and Marvels, and, you know, we're not... Definitely not taking that into account when we're true. talking about low box office, the fact that the uh, actors were not able to promote the movie true. at all. Same like, thing with Aquaman right now, you know? Like, what if... Season two is airing right now, and I didn't even know until yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, well, guess I'm not going to watch it for the recording. I was meant to watch like two episodes this morning and then forgot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Alex, did you you didn't watch Loki season two, did you? I was tapped out. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I had too much Marvel, too much stuff. And I was like, I didn't like Loki season one that much. I thought it was kind of complicated for a thing that shouldn't be that complicated i also find the whole multiverse thing very exhausting and i think Mm -hmm. there's a reason why our favorite things this year were stuff that was like placed outside of this multiverse bullshit yeah and so so i don't know like i I was like eh. i I could not bring myself to watch it i'm sorry i heard the ending was very good everyone seemed to like the ending i I really loved the ending um ashley did what did you think of loki season two or did you watch it I did. I actually watched it last night. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it was always my intention too. But in in terms of what Alex was saying about like being tapped out, um, is that they announced Loki like literally right after Secret Invasion ended because Secret Invasion did not get good reception after it ended, mm. and you could tell they were like, "Oh, moving on." Um, and so it was just <laughs> like, "Look, I we need a break. It's not you. It's me." You know, it's like I I just I was like <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like so I waited a bit. Um, and it was, but it was, and I'm happy I did because I think I would have been so annoyed with everything else from this year from them that I probably would have scrutinized it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to go in with just like, oh, I haven't really engaged with anything MCU, plenty of Marvel stuff in my life, um, may, allowed me to just be more like open to it. But yeah, so I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, and honestly, now listening to Alex, I do think he's very valid in like what he's saying about... Um, like it's really complicated and stuff because I got it. Cause I did watch season one and of course I'm, I'm, I'm me. So this is half my personality. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about, you know, in terms of general audience, I was following along with the storyline just fine. But like, if I had invited one of my friends over, it's like, I'm watching. If you want to watch with me, I definitely would see, I could see myself having to pause to explain stuff to them and stuff like that, which is like, yeah, that's not, that's not going to, probably fly too well, you know, for, for general audience. Um, but I did think it was really good. Um, I, I mean, I was personally able to, to, to follow it. Um, I think given the current state of 
the Kang situation. I think if they wanted to move forward with the way Loki ended to kind of wrap up the Kang storyline, they could and go with something else. Um, If they wanted to, I don't know what they're going to go to. They may choose to just recast and move forward with the way that they were going to. I don't know what their plan is, but if they did choose to like, you know what? Quantumania didn't have a good reception. I don't think people are really liking Kang that much. Let's move on to another villain. Um, You know, they, 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 they technically could hear, um, with Loki and honestly Loki could even set up the whole multiverse saga because basically um, yeah, yeah. the way that he ends is that he is you know instead of going the route of killing Sylvie and allowing only the sacred timeline to continue he basically takes the seat of you know the end of time and holds everything together so people get a choice um, but in that happening means that all those timelines where you know, different things can happen, can now happen. Um, and I guess the, the original plan was that would allow for more Kings to exist, but they could always go with, you know, that leading to the multiverse saga, secret war, us getting, you know, these characters from different universes. I mean, I don't want them getting carried away with that, but it does open up, it gives us a lot of possibilities there. Um, so I did, I think it was really well done. I think it wraps up Loki's story really well. Um, going back to what I was saying about like Gamora, I do I do want them to like kind of when you when you give a character a really good ending, stop going back to it because you want that nostalgia bait. Like I really yeah, feel yeah. Like maybe we shouldn't see Loki again unless Chris Hemsworth finally decides he's done and we get that like last yes, minute. Yeah. I absolutely like, want that too. Yeah. yeah oh, like, that'd yeah. be so sweet. Yeah. Just some ring, um, just some inkling of Thor um, maybe finding out that there is a version of Loki that is alive and even though they can't connect in the traditional sense you know right. I feel like that could that would be there <laughs> you're literally in him he's holding you yeah, kind exactly. of right now Thor <laughs> yeah, I mean it, yeah if nothing else if it's old man Thor knowing oh my god there's a version of Loki out there who I can't maybe talk to but he can see everything that I do and I can you know like something yeah. like that that's the only yeah, time no, I, I want agree. them to come back and I feel like you know uh, Tom Hiddleston is an adopted Hemsworth so like that would probably be the only that would be a way for him to come back, but I think yeah. this is such a good anti-hero ending for Loki um, without them ruining it. So I just because I, that's my yeah. fear. Like I don't want them trying to beat a dead horse because they, you know, you know how MCU does with nostalgia. But yeah, so, <laughs> um, but yes, I, I did think it was. I thought it was really good. I would say next to Guardians is probably my second favorite project that the MCU came out with this year. Again, okay, sure. to okay. begin with, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so then I guess after Loki season two, we have the Marvels. Um, and I know we all are in agreement that that movie was ridiculously unfairly hated. Um, I just... What? See, like, to me, I think the Marvels... So when, when the Marvels was unfolding in front of me, uh, I when they got to the planet of all singing and dancing, or all singing... It hit me like, oh my God, this is 100% what Marvel comics were like in like the female led titles of like the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Like this is the kind of shit they had Dazzler and Spider Woman and all them do. And I was like, this is perfect. Like this feels like a, it felt like it was pulling from an era of Marvel that was previously untouched of like weird, small team up adventures that do stupid stuff <laughs> but yeah. they're the kind of they're the kind of stories that like when you're an adult you're like oh man i remember this one storyline where they went to a singing planet or you know <laughs> and and i think like that was 
that was cute. And that's exactly what this movie should have been. I think that it's like the kind of thing Marvel should do more of is just standalone team up movies that are fun. Like the key fun, is yeah. you don't have to spend two hundred million dollars to make them. Mm-hmm. Maybe experiment with uh, an 80 million dollar one. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> they can do all of this in natural locations, maybe on yeah. Earth. Like. And I think that is like the lesson that I would love for them to take away from the Marvels is just like just small stakes, yeah. good characters, fun interactions like that is also Marvel. And and I think like the problem is we built up superhero movies like every single one needs to be the best one ever. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like it's really hard to just make one that I mean, to me, this feels more like the first Ant-Man movie in a way where it's like fun, but, but not like. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know. I I I. I thought they all had really good chemistry. I mean, Kamala Khan, I've seen people like rag on her in this movie, like delegated to like sidekick. But like, I really don't think she was like, I found her to be like fully the heart of the movie. And like, no other character had their family as main characters. And they, the fact that they took them to the space station (laughs) and I'm like, oh man, they're going too great. We get to still watch them. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like that made i i really thought like okay the scene in the house we're seeing her family but like that's it and we'll see them maybe at the end she goes home but like nope they brought them to space with them like <laughs> i loved that and i thought i don't know i just i i thought it was so fun and i thought those three actors had such good chemistry i loved i loved their back and forth i loved Kamala kind of learning like, oh, this is what happens when you meet your heroes. Like, you're very excited. And then it's like, oh, they still kind of let you down a little bit. Um, And I also really loved, again, like, I've loved the Captain Marvel, like, lineage of characters. Like, in 2000, the Peter David Captain Marvel series with Genisville, it was like, X-Men was uh, bad for me at that time. And so, like, that Captain Marvel series was what kept me in Marvel Comics. And, you know, that the premise of the Captain Marvel character for so long was... He trades places with Rick Jones, perpetual sidekick, talk show host slash like rock star (laughs) slash the guy that, you know, uh, made the Hulk the Hulk by accident because he was hanging out on a nuclear testing base. So like the fact that that was such a key part of that and that dynamic of like, okay, well, where are you right now? I can't switch with you right now. Or like, okay, great. Yeah. Send me to the negative zone. Awesome. You know, yeah, was always so much fun. And then that died along with Genisville and at the end of that run. Um, and then Carol became, and so now we've had like 11 years where that is not associated with Captain Marvel anymore because that's not Carol Danvers, this whole thing. But the fact that they brought that back and made that a part of this in, and with three characters was like, for me, like such a cool way to pay off a thing that again, has been a part of Captain Marvel mythos since like the mid seventies. And I think they did a really fun job, like that training montage the year of Beastie Boys in Marvel movies. I, I just really liked it. <laughs> I kind of want to see more. <clears throat> well, first of all, I kind of want to point out that uh, Kamala Khan's family is the first family in space. The first Marvel family in space. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, there you should be. They're the Fantastic Four. four. And there's four of them. 
And <laughs> I'm just saying, if that's what Marvel <laughs> wanted, Fantastic Four, Canon, <laughs> you've sent a family into space. Maybe they've experienced some cosmic rays. Oh man, there's four of them. I want to see Mrs. Khan as. <laughs> the thing wouldn't be a bad <laughs> cast um no but i think like i think the funniest the best parts of captain marvel are sorry the marvels is figuring out like what captain marvel's personality is and it's just like oh captain marvel is actually like while she's doing her interplanetary cosmic adventures got a little horny on this one planet and it's just <laughs> like like i don't know like i think that's more fun for a character that spent the lot like a lot of her first movie without a personality other than she has amnesia she's kind of a snarky bitch yeah and it's just like oh like does she like like what what are the things that does she like pizza what food does she like (laughs) what kind of boys does she like does she i mean she doesn't like boys obviously because she's a lesbian (laughs) well i mean her and the horror her and valkyrie's uh little uh right uh, you know flirtation slash edited out moment of confirmation of a if we recall, I fucking called in that recording. I was like, they absolutely did this to keep it open. So it's like, they could be exes. They could maybe be dating or like are just best friends, quote unquote. And like, I, I, I mean, I, she turned her last best friend into an auntie. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I, I get so mad at that because that feels so like just a fun story thing that doesn't even feel like. All right, they're exes, so it's not like we're going to see them dating on screen. Or they fucked once, like yeah, the two yeah. of them. Absolutely, after yeah. a battle, after Endgame, probably after Endgame, they fucked. <laughs> I bet there was Pegasus. so much fucking after Endgame. <laughs> like seriously, they haven't seen these people for five years. Jesus Christ, so much fucking. <laughs> it's also. crazy, and it's just like you need like little wrinkles like that for this character because I think the problem with Captain Marvel is that she's so powerful that you can't like you have to just basically write her out of stories because it's just she breaks the stories right yeah. and it's just like it's a superman problem yeah. Yeah, yeah add in these fun things that she's doing while she's off planet like what is she doing i don't know like is she like make it fun for us make this character fun yeah. and i like carol danvers is one of my absolute favorite characters um and I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Marvels is also part of my mental health journey this year. As I say, while well, I'm dressed as a as a woman uh, drag queen, I'm <laughs> in drag right now because um, I'm filming after this. Uh, but like, so as I was, the reason I love Carol Danvers, and it's a Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, quote from back when she took over the, the series in 2012, and it was like an interview with like Gamesverse or something. I wrote, but she said like, you know, other superheroes like Captain America gets knocked down, he gets back up because it's the right thing to do. Carol Danvers gets knocked down, and she gets back up again because fuck you. Ooh, and yeah. the and I and that just was like yeah absolutely and that is a lot of what her character is is like she's not the best planner she's not really great at strategy she kind of just leads with her fists and um her uh a vagina I don't know like dick <laughs> I guess like it makes more sense to say that um and 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 so that's what I love about her and I think that that's what and so like for a lot of this year I had her as my lock screen because I was like I have got to get some sort of like uh emotion back in my life and uh yeah fuck you uh <laughs> and so I I really love yeah so I love those moments uh with her in this movie figure out who she is and yeah I don't know that's 
there's another big uh, uh, mental health moment we'll be talking about uh, when we get to the mid-credits scene. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, God. so I... <laughs> Do we want to talk about the mid-credits scene? I mean, we as well, right? We're there. Um, uh, I mean, well, I, you know, go. Okay, so, man, going into this movie, the 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 when they realized like it wasn't tracking well or whatever, and they were like, okay, goddamn it. Well, we know the mid-credits thing is fucking like beast showing up, so we definitely have to put that in all the trailers without putting it in all the trailers. And so they're like, what comes next? X, you know, and and even then, like. The last trailer was the was the mid credit scene. Of, was it? I didn't uh, even see the, that. The last trailer had Maria uh, Monica waking up and seeing a, a a a woman walk by the frame, and it looked <laughs> like it was a black woman in a white costume. We now know that it was just like the dark red of the binary costume with the mm-hmm. white of it, but it looked like um like Simone Bianchi's uh, storm costume from Astonishing. Um, like around 2005 and and it was like well Ma- monica rambeau is the only like as far as we know black woman in this movie and so if she's in this scene looking at someone else who's walking by who also looks like a black woman wearing white and what looked like a cape <laughs> i was going into this movie being like man i fucking think storm is showing up in this um and so i just love that there was like this last minute push of <laughs> Just like the X-Men are in it, guys. Just well, just please I mean, fucking come. That's the problem with that's the problem with the strike, right? Is like you can't yeah, if you can't have actors promote, you have to figure out ways to tease this movie. And I think that is what happened with the Flash a little. Not to say that Flash was good by any means, but they basically <laughs> ruined they they ruined mm. the surprise of Michael Keaton. Like in yeah, every yeah. trailer. They were just like, oh, and he's in it. And this is what they do in it. And this is everything that happens in it. And it was just like, this is how they were trying to sell. And it's just like, okay, well, now you've revealed basically all of the entire movie, all of the twists. And I don't Oops. know. I don't Oops, know all berries. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, the mid-credit scene comes, and I'm like expecting. I mean, I wore like a rogue pin to the movie. I was like, I don't fucking know. We might see a fucking glove come out and touch Carol and take her powers away. I'm like, I'm ready for anything to happen. And then it happens like, you know, the movie ends with Monica being shunted into that alternate uh, dimension and she wakes up and she looks over and then there is her mom. But she has a blanket over her, which is what we mistook for a cape in that fleeting scene in the trailer. But she stands up and she's wearing the fucking binary costume, which like, Dave Cockrum, like Paul Smith, perfected design of just like this Carol Danvers's identity in the 80s when she lost her powers. And I mean, like, this is one of the deepest cut X-Men references I have ever seen on film because, you know, the Fox movies didn't didn't fucking care. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> About getting anything accurate. And so seeing that and then she's talking to fucking Beast. Played yeah. by Kelsey Grammer and uh, like voiced and Jim Lee Beast. Yes. Like animated series beast, not cat beast, not um, 1990 uh, TV show beast. Remember the Beauty and the Beast show with Linda Hamilton? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. My mom loved that show. <laughs> and this was the moment where I, I mean, to be personal or whatever, this is the moment that I knew that I should be feeling something and I was feeling nothing. I felt nothing. I, I was dead inside. Um, and I realized, oh, yeah, I am. Um, uh, horrifically depressed uh, or no, or also my antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications have uh, completely dulled my emotions because 
I've like it's happened multiple times this year where it's been like this is a big thing that I should be feeling something about. Oh well. But seeing, you know, a fucking X-Man like Beast, one of my favorites in a Marvel movie. Uh I remember when like they just hinted at apocalypse with just like that that yeah. uh silhouette of the four of like four random people on horses <laughs> in the, yeah. at the end of uh what was it Days of Future Past? Which I one did they hint shit. at Mr. Sinister? I forget. Uh, that was the end of um, the Wolverine, I do believe. Oh, right. Okay, like yeah. Essex industry. Yeah. yeah, like I would lose my shit at this stuff. Like Marvel movies are where I lose my mind. I, I lost feeling. I had a panic attack when Han Solo died in Force Awakens. Like, <laughs> like you know, I, I am accustomed to feeling shit. And the fact that I didn't feel anything about the Beast uh, led me to, I saw that on Monday. On uh, Wednesday, I put in my, I told my supervisors I was taking mental health leave and I did that on Thursday. So thank you, the Marvels, <laughs> for uh, making me realize I needed to go on a two month hiatus uh, from work. So that's my uh, and, and like really start figuring out like uh, medications. So thank you, Beast. Uh, I made my husband buy me a Beast statue for Christmas because he's part of my mental health uh, oh, journey. Now. I love that. <laughs> I, I will say I, I wept. I wept when I saw Beast. See, I went, that's what I should have been feeling. I, and I'm curious, Alex, I feel like you will disagree with me. I I feel like a lot of people were saying how bad he looked, but I thought he looked fucking great. And I was like, this is what I want Beast to look like. Not a weird, deranged Muppet like we got in <laughs> X3. And like, I, yeah, he looked like a Beast. I don't know. That's like, for me, that was the best version on screen. It's not like a twink who changes into the beast sometimes. God. Ugh, like, God. Uh, give me this big blue guy with like weird fucking hair and like a lab coat. That's what I want. And that was what I got. Um, and I hilariously read a spoiler. My, I know Facebook, whatever, but I saw Facebook. I like use it for the podcast and stuff. Um, I had my Facebook is a nightmare of spoilers in recommended for you posts. Um, because now every fucking social media site does that where it's like, you don't follow this. You should. And it'll be a full on spoiler. It was to a, a recommended post saying Kelsey Grammer's beast returns in mid credit scene in the Marvels. And I rolled my eyes and was like, this is clearly a fucking fake rumor. Why would Kelsey Grammer's beast be the character that pops up in Marvels. That's the X Men character. Frazier returns too. Right, right. Like he has other things going on. Like, this man is actually booked right now. <laughs> um, and like, and also, yeah, Kelsey Grammer did an appearance at a bar in a, a town over from mine in South Jersey. So I was like, there's no way he's in a Marvel movie right now. Like he is promoting his Frazier at a local, his new Frazier reboot at a local bar in Jersey. He's not in Marvel, but then he was, and I just forgot about it. And um, I don't know if any of you remember the same thing happened to me with Multiverse of Madness. I had read, oh, Professor Xavier and the Illuminati are in it and Wanda kills them all. And I thought, that's fucking stupid. There's no way that happens. And I told coworkers that I read this dumb fake spoiler and then it was true. And I had spoiled the movie for a lot of people. Um so I need to stop doing that. But like I had it like left my brain until I saw him on screen. I was like, oh, my God, that spoiler I read was right. Um, <laughs> and I just I don't know. I I Alex, what did you I, I am curious what you thought of that. Because I, I know you are the are like you're an X-Men gal through and through. I mean, I'm an X. OK, full disclosure. I love X-Men. X-Men till the day I die. Full disclosure. 
I'm also worried about any kind of Marvel treatment for the X-Men because it's mm. just the it might be bad. Mm-hmm. No. And so I don't know. Like for me, I thought the cooler part was that Maria or yeah, with Maria, but not Maria was binary. And that yeah. whole idea of like because it's just I mean, if you really want to take it down to technicalities, if Maria becomes binary, or is she Carol who becomes like Carol becomes binary in the main timeline, right? If in this parallel universe, which isn't like the main timeline, like basically like it's like, okay, well then Maria becomes binary. How does that change everything? Or is this even the Maria that we know? And it's kind of like you you kind of like think yourself into a big knot because you're just like, okay, well, what does that actually mean? Because like if you go in the comic books, binary is this whole idea of like Claremont giving Carol a whole new like lease on life and she becomes a space <laughs> after <expert. laughs> after writing Avengers <laughs> Annual 10, where he's like, I'm definitely gonna spend two whole pages Carol monologuing chewing out the Avengers for what happened to her. And I, I yeah. love <laughs> Basically, like, for the people who don't read comics, Car- Carol basically is in this terrible uh, situation where she's raped by this time travel type man and basically is like, guys, I need your help. And they basically are like, no, you should just go back to this man. You love him clearly. And it's basically like, and you're, you're pregnant and the pregnancy is going along really <laughs> fast for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But you love him. Go back to him. And then oh, she wait, goes I didn't away. know any of this either. It's <laughs> Avengers so 200. It's so weird. And then basically when Chris Claremont takes over. She gives birth over, to him and then marries him, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's so she weird. gives birth to the man who raped her and then she like goes off to be in a relationship with him. Yeah. She basically <gasps> asks like the, the Avengers for like an intervention. And then they're just like, no, nah, no, nah, you should just go back. You should just go back. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple God. years later is when Chris Claremont like writes the annual Rogue Takes Her Powers and then like at the end of it she's like hey Avengers all of you fuck literally several it was it's the Heidi in closet scene of like fuck you fuck you and fuck you like it's yeah. so great and then he turns her into binary and yeah. it's like well now she has the powers of a fucking star yeah and it's and then the cool thing about binary is that she just is like the X-Men are basically her friends because like the X-Men are doing their space adventure and she's like, no, nah, like, I don't want, she's like, you guys are cool. We're cool. We're all very cool, but I'm super powerful now. So I'm going to go fucking do some adventures. It's <laughs> like, fuck all of you guys. I'm going to do some adventures. Cause I kick ass. And then just like the whole <sighs> idea of like Maria becoming this like star, basically this white hot star is kind of amazing to me and kind of really fun for me as like a comic book Easter egg. That is that is a roundabout way of me saying, yes, I like this scene because Maria gets <laughs> to be binary and binary is so fucking cool at the comics. And great for Lashana Lynch. Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that they. Yes. I I'm, wanted there. I wanted her to play Monica. Like she was so fucking good in the first Captain Marvel that I was like, you have to figure out a way to keep her like the same person in 19 in 2018 or whatever. Instead of 1995. I do, but I do want to say I do love Tiana Paris. I do think she's great. Oh, I love Tiana Paris so much. Um, I do that. I do like that. Lashana Lynch and um, Haley Atwell seem to be ones that like are down to like reappear, and like the MCU people seem to like those actors, so they're like let them pop up as much as they can, and I appreciate yeah. that because I do like them both. Yes, Ashley. I feel Ashley. I keep seeing you mute and then unmute, so I'm like waiting for you. I'm like. 
Go ahead, Ashley. Give me your. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was just letting them because they were uh, it was like um, screaming about the X-Men. Yeah, like, oh, like, <laughs> and then also it's like, you know, everyone's heard my, my opinions here already because I was on the, the Marvel's um, podcast. So like I've basically given my most of my two cents there. Um, I guess really where I'm at with it is I just kind of wish we were we were at the X-Men already yeah. in terms of the yeah. MCU. I really feel like that probably should have been the next step. Maybe the Fantastic Four first and then, you know, X-Men. Um, yeah. And, but as I think it, I, Alex or Brett was saying, um, but then I'm also very nervous about how the MCU will handle them because they're an allegory for so many things. And, um, you know, of course I hate once again, with the Slayer Fest audience to get on my soapbox about what they did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But um, considering what they did with that show, I'm very nervous about how they'll deal with um, the many messages that are usually attached to X-Men. Um, I mean, of course, they could go the route of Fox and just act like those messages have nothing to do with anything. Uh. And um, <laughs> you know, we're just following Wolverine around, um, which I was okay with doing that when I was a kid because I had a crush on Hugh Jackman, so I was all for it. But um, I don't want to see a t- part two of that. Um, <laughs> so I, I am still nervous about it, but I do feel like that should have been the next step. So is and and I don't know. I think they're struggling with how to bring the X-Men in and still connect it with the story that they have, which is clearly the plan. And maybe that shouldn't have been the plan because I am personally love binary, but it just seemed like such a reach in terms of trying to connect, you know, the current MCU timeline to like Foxverse. It was just like a, we need a rant, you know, we need a character that they're familiar with and we need to connect them real quickly to, um, so I, but I'm, I mean, ha- I, I, I think I agree with you in the podcast we did for the Marvels. I didn't think anything looked bad with Kelsey Grammer. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to be like, oh, he's old, but like, I, I completely understand not wanting to sit down for 24 hours of makeup yeah. for a five yeah. minute scene. Like that would have been insane. Um, I mean, shit, it was so bad for Jennifer Lawrence when she did Mystique. She literally went in like, please kill me off. Please give me. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like, I know that my whole thing in the first movie was mutant and proud, but if I could just like not, not. be a mutant <laughs> for the third one. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, yeah. But I think <laughs> they did a good job with it personally. Um, I am I am ready for X-Men and I'm just like hoping and praying that this shit doesn't get so bad that we get to a place where I don't even care about that anymore. Cause I'm like, Yeah, you don't like we yeah. don't have much time here, guys. <laughs> um so on the upside, though, we have Deadpool and 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 Wolverine next year, and is you yeah. know I know it's like oh we're getting you know Hugh Jackman again. I'm look, I I am so far up Hugh Jackman's ass when it comes down to it because both as an X Men fan in terms of I get it, that was a really weird way to go with, with portraying the X Men stories, but at the same time, love he's it. great. I, exactly. So I'm like, he's my favorite. He's the only Wolverine I will tolerate. Exactly. Him and like the ni- the nineties anime. Exactly. Version. So it's just like, but I do feel like as much as I know this is going to be jokes, it is a really good opportunity to, yes. they have a good opportunity here. I don't even want to put any like hopes on anybody's minds, but it's a good opportunity here to do some things. So I'm going to, without saying it and possibly, you know, once we say it out loud, it's like MCU immediately. It's like, all right, we got to do the opposite of everything they said. Um, so I'm just going to say like, it's a good opportunity and we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I liked, I liked the Marvels. Was it my favorite superhero film? Was it my favorite MCU film of the year? Did not deserve the shit that it got. Um, 
And I don't, I don't, I don't know what's really, I'm starting to become a pessimist here. I feel like no one's going to want to hear me talk about MCU no more, <laughs> but I don't know what's, what's really next here with them. I have uh, faith. I don't know. I I'm an optimist. Well, just, I, I really liked in that, in like the exposés <laughs> that were published that they pointed out Kevin Feige had stepped away because it got too big and he was like working on other things. And so like, to me, it's like, okay, that gives a reason why things got real fucking disjointed and weird. And mm-hmm. the fact that they call like have said it <laughs> hopefully means they'll fix that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like all the things they said about the TV shows, about how they're going to finally start making TV shows that are made like TV shows is also like, Oh good. Okay. They took them a long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least they learned a lesson. So like, I don't know. I I'm still of the optimist of like, Honestly, to me, the Jonathan Majors thing is a godsend because I'm like, y'all need to not just fucking like yeah, wipe the slate, like, I, wipe I, the I fucking kinda, slate clean, yeah, I don't and start think... focusing on like good director, good actors, good characters. Make a fucking movie like Iron Man 2008. Yeah. Like, just start. Like, and I <laughs> think they're doing so much to connect shit, and it's like yeah. I, I really don't think King needs to be the next big bad. I mean, I was excited for it for a minute, and considering what we've seen this past year. I don't know if they were doing a good job of making it connect. So maybe not. Yeah. I too think, much multiverse. Yeah, exactly, too, exactly. Even even things that aren't Marvel are doing multiverse. Yeah. All the, Big, Big Brother fucking did multiverse this year. <laughs> like, we need to stop. <laughs> and it, You know, it's weird. So uh, there was the Buffy audio drama that came out this year called Slayers, a Buffyverse story. And when I talked, we had Amber Benson and Christopher Golden, who wrote the series on, and we talked to them. And I asked them, I was like, you know, like, I know multiverses have been in vogue lately, and they're like, you know, whatever. And they actually said they came up with the story. They pitched it years ago. Like, they pitched it pre-pandemic. Um, and it is weird how shit like that just happens to all come at this. Like, you know, like how, like, what was it? Uh, fucking Armageddon. And then what was the other one that came out? Like, I think that same year with Teo Leone. Deep Impact, yes, baby. Deep Impact. Like, it's weird that, like, those projects seem to all happen at the same time because I do like multiverse stories. Like, Days of Future Past, I played that with my action figures all the time when I was a kid because that was, like, my favorite comic storyline that, like, ooh, I could have a universe where, like, half these characters are dead. But it doesn't matter because the main universe is, like, fine. And, like, I would have a character travel to that universe and, like, play, like, ooh, look, they all died. And it would be, like, cool. Um, (laughs) So, like, those stories have been around for a while, but... Yeah, there is a little bit of like Marvel. I I think Multiverse of Madness to call a movie Multiverse of Madness and mostly stay in the same universe the whole time is kind of. Uh, um, but I think like I think, I think the problem, right? Like I think if you look at Across the Spider Verse, right? Yes, that is a multiverse movie. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a multiverse franchise. That is and done the well. thing about them is that. The every universe looks so fucking different, and there's so many fucking cool stuff that's happening there. Yeah, yep. in the Marvel multiverse, everyone's basically kind of looks the same. Everyone's kind of like doing the dumb same shit, and it's like, oh, it's just like a thousand people who are about like everything feels. There's nothing visually different that makes me want to be like, oh, I want to stay in this world, uh, forever. Yeah. Whereas I, whereas what you watch across Spider Verse and what is that? What is the mashup of like Mumbai and Manhattan? And you're just like, I could live. I, I yeah. want to know everything that's going on in that world. 
there's absolutely none of that when it happens to the MCU. Like, I do not care. I, and it's also like, oh, why are all the characters basically the same character? Yes. Like, if the whole if the whole idea of the multiverse is there's infinite possibilities for every single person, every single person seems to be kind of the same. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? It's so boring. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so... All right, I'm going to ask whichever of the ones you saw, we're going to just uh, give our little rankings. Um, Alex, where what would you rank the ones that you saw this year? Oh my gosh, Guardians first. What what else did I watch? What was it? Guardians, Marvels? Quantumania, Secret Invasion. <laughs> oh, God. And you didn't watch Loki season two, right? I did not watch Loki because uh, the first season bummed me out so much. So I would say Guardians, Marvels, uh god secret invasion quantum mania at the fucking bottom of this barrel i don't know those <laughs> those two are fucking fighting for the bottom yeah fucking for fighting for rock bottom i don't know which one gets there first <laughs> uh ashley what would be your ranking uh guardians three definitely number one um i'd put loki at number two um I probably put the Marvels at number three. I haven't seen What If, but even with the one scene <laughs> that I saw of Elizabeth Olsen just voicing Wanda, I'm willing to put it at number four before um, both Secret Invasion and um, Quantumania. Um, I, that was enough for me to know that it was better than both of those. Um, I, I really don't even feel comfortable putting one over the other in terms of Secret Invasion <laughs> and Quantumania. I really don't even think they deserve that. Um like, if I was to, I guess just the fact that Secret Invasion has the existence of Rhodey and Nick Fury in it, but then they <laughs> fucking don't anymore because Rhodey, yeah, you know what? Yeah, so I'm, I'm done trying to trying to sit here and make sense of it. They just both get the bottom spot. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't Fair. Really, yeah. <laughs> just uh, Brett? Uh, Guardians 3, obviously number one. Uh, Loki season two, then the Marvels. Then what if season two, what I've seen so far, which are the first two episodes, which are as fun as the first season. So okay. like, obviously it's number four spot. Um, it, if it blows my mind, it could overtake the Marvels, but like, yeah. I don't see that happening, but yeah. I don't know. Um, and then for the bottom, of course, our garbage, uh, duel, <laughs> uh, duel of duel of the stinky things. Um, they're stinky. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm putting quantum over secret invasion just because quantum was less of my time. That's true. Yeah. I secret evasion wasted a month and a half of my life. <laughs> yeah. I, mine is guardians of the galaxy three, the Marvels, Loki season two and quantum. Exactly. Quantum mania only goes over secret invasion too, because like I liked Michelle Pfeiffer in it <laughs> and like I, the secret invasion, like while that scene of Nick Fury and his wife, at the kitchen table, these were two good actors acting. There was nothing where I was like, okay, I like this part. There was like literally nothing in that show where there was like something I could like. Um, except for the cinematography. I do think it had cool cinematography, but like, that's it. Like, and it wasn't even that cool. It was just like, oh, this is like, they're putting more work. It looks into a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it looks a little different. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where I go. Um, well, this is our last episode of 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, We will be taking a mostly short break in January. Um, Still putting out Patreon stuff, so we'll still get the Buffy uh, 
25th anniversary season three episodes. Um, but we'll be taking a break for that month. And then in February, we should be back with coverage of the magicians, which will be the show that we are covering between seasons of angel. Um, and if there's a Marvel thing coming out that I'm missing, we will cover that thing. But I don't think there is for January, February, right? Um, they no. have Deadpool. I, oh, wait, no. Echo comes out in January, girl. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Echo shit. comes out in like a week. <laughs> hey, I forgot about that. Oh, all right. Yeah. So I'll be bothering you all to maybe do, but I'll probably do one episode. You guys listen to me. <laughs> well, it's five episodes all at once, which honestly sounds perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. good though. But okay, so probably be covering Echo. Um, and uh, yeah, we will see you next time. But thank you for joining me, Alex, Ashley, and Brett. This is like my Slayerfest 98 Marvel Dream Team. Um, if you like Slayerfest 98, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we are currently covering Batman the Animated Series. We will eventually be covering X-Men the Animated Series. Um, I have a few episodes banked for that. Um, and uh, we've covered Firefly, Harley Quinn. Uh, Zachary Patton Garcia and I did a bunch of uh, nudie Judy episodes where we talk about sex um, and any and all support is much appreciated. You can find the podcast main feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can find us on social at SlayerFestX98 and you can find me at Ian X Carlos. Brett, where can everyone find you and your things? Everyone can find me on, uh, well, not really Twitter, um, Blue Sky <laughs> and Instagram at, at Brett White. Uh, and then you can follow my drag adventures at, at Barba Hardly on Instagram and YouTube, including my uh, 2023 Christmas special, um, which it ain't Christmas anymore, but uh, I put a lot of work into it. So uh, you can go watch that. <laughs> and Ashley, where can everyone find you? Um, Ashley K. Smalls, basically everywhere. Um, I am still unfortunately on Twitter, but I do enjoy TikTok more. Um, so, I mean, if you have anything mean to say, go to Twitter. If you have anything nice to say, go to TikTok. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and Alex, where can everyone find you? Uh, I write at Vox.com. I'm not on Twitter. Twitter X. <laughs> Who cares about that anymore? <laughs> uh, you, could fi- you could find me at one guy named Alex on Instagram. Yay. Mm. All right, everyone. Well, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.